What's up? Welcome officially to the first episode of the Christian Athlete Paradox. My name is Ryan Metz, and I appreciate you guys taking the time uh, to listen to this. So ultimately, you know, what is this podcast? I think it's um, obviously Christian athletes. You know, that's that's kind of what I do. I'm a baseball player at Virginia Tech. And honestly, my hope through all this is just that you guys can be encouraged through it. I want to be an encouragement because of the situation that we're in with coronavirus and everything going on in our country right now. I kind of had to examine a new way to be a light to my teammates, to everyone. And I think God kind of put this on my heart. Um, so here we are, we're giving it a shot and I can't wait for you guys to, to hear it. But ultimately, you know, I want, I want this to be an encouragement and I, and I want to answer some of the questions that I had in my first couple years coming into tech. Um, as I know, I've seen, you know, some of the incoming freshmen that I've been a part of and just some of the Christians that I've been around that, you know, they've had some of these same questions. And so that's what I want this to be is, a, is an avenue for um, some of the conversations that I've had with teammates um, I want those to be recorded and for other people to be able to benefit from those. So at the Christian Athlete Podcast, we kind of came up with a, uh, a mission statement. And, you know, we want to live our life boldly to make known the gospel. And it, that's difficult enough as it is. But being thrown into the world of college athletics, how do you biblically navigate through it? Um, the Christian Athlete Paradox, you know, isn't here to slap God on our sport like a sticker, but to let God infiltrate our lives, you know, and our teams, all while we boldly proclaim his name on and off the field. So a little bit about me. So like I said, my name is Ryan Metz. Um, I'm a college baseball player here at Virginia Tech, and I went, actually went to high school in Indiana. I'm going into my senior year, but I'll be graduating in 2022. Shout out coronavirus. Got an extra year of eligibility. Um, I major in, in mechanical engineering. So that for all of you engineers out there, you know, you know how that be, that grind. Uh, <laughs> but here at Tech, I'm involved with FCA. I've been a leader uh, for about a year and a half. And I think that FCA was one of the large reasons why I specifically started this podcast. You know, I've, I've seen so many Christians among tech that, you know, that are all fighting the spiritual battle of how do they spread the, the gospel to their teammates and, and some of the difficulties that come with that. Um, and so I think, you know, through conversations with them and with my teammates, you know, I wanted to address some of those issues publicly. And so that's how God has put this on my heart. You know, why a podcast? You know, a blog's easy. You know, no one really reads blogs anymore. But I had to find new outlets to be creative in this coronavirus. I had to find new outlets to work out. I had to find new outlets uh, to stay busy, to stay in a routine. And I think ultimately in that routine of, of fully searching for God in a time of uncertainty, you know, I had to find new ways to do that too. And I think God put this on my heart as I was actually listening to a another podcast. Um, and, and, you know, he kind of came to me and was like, you know, why can't you do that? So after, you know, a lot of figuring out how I was going to do this and research into how to make a podcast work, we are here now. And like I said, I'm really excited for it. I hope, you know, I've been praying a lot about it. And I think God, God's going to use this, um, whether it's to reach one person or 10 people or however many people, it doesn't really matter. Um, ultimately, this is for his glory. So one of the things that, you know, really sparked all of this is, you know, what is baseball to me? And, and on my team, I kind of had this question of, you know, all right, I'm here a lot. Like, there's got to be something more to this. You know, a little bit of, you know, about my background, too, and I'll get into my testimony later, but, you know, I've been a Christian all my life. You know, I grew up in a Christian household, so I think, you know, it, it was just always something that was around, but when I got to college, it was like, oh, it's got to be mine now. I have to really own it, um, and so, you know, inside of baseball, like, that was challenged, um, not specifically by teammates, but in the ability of the world's vying for our attention, and what are you going to do to stay rooted in it? Um, but ultimately baseball is something that God's given me the ability to do, but, you know, I've come to the conclusion that, you know, it can't define who I am, but baseball as a whole, you know, it, it is a large part of that, of what I do. And God's given me that ability and that love and that desire for it. So how do I, how do I ultimately repay him for that? 
Um, and, and, you know, I've come to realize that this is my mission field. You know, while some people, you know, God calls us to go to the ends of the earth uh, to make his glory and gospel known. I, I think, you know, he also gives us a love and a desire for different things. Because if we all had a desire to go overseas, then no one would be here at home. Uh, and, and God does call some of us to go overseas. And God does call some of us, you know, to, to do different things. And that's not wrong. But ultimately, I think you have to recognize what the calls God placed on your life is. And, I, and right now in this season of my life, baseball is my mission field. But I think it definitely looks different. You know, we pour hours and hours into this sport. And, and I'm not just pouring hours into this sport for no reason. There has to be a purpose. And, and so that kind of led me to look at the, the unique environment that is college athletics. And I've actually had this conversation with my teammates before in, in a very secular way without, you know, without even Christianity involved in that. But if you look at what college athletics is, and, and baseball might be my background, I don't really know what yours is, but I think it applies for all, all athletics in, in all honesty. But, you know, we, we practice 20 to 30 hours outside of our competitive season. And then honestly, in 50 to 60 hours with practices, games, lifts in season, you know, baseball in nature is just a long sport. You know, the game might take four hours, you know, we're there three hours beforehand, you know, an hour afterhand, um, you know, four to five games a week. Ultimately, like that, that, that piles up and it's time. And not to mention, you know, you're, you're hanging out in the locker room, you're living together, you're eating together, you're going to class together. Um, and, and honestly, when you look at it, no other environment anywhere is like this. You know, a club's not like this, a frat, a job. And you might say, okay, well, a frat spends a lot of time together. But, you know, where, where does a frat go to get together and, and go through hardships like a practice? Where do they get up at 5 a.m. And, and go through a grueling workout to where you're not even sure if you're going to finish it? And, and ultimately, that brings you closer together as a team. I think one of the things you know, we do here at Tech, and I, and I, and I love it and I hate it at the same time, uh, but it's called the Hokie Challenge. You know, I've, I've seen it in college baseball described as many things, you know, whether it be the Omaha Challenge or, or, or whatever it is. Uh, but we get up at, you know, 5 a.m. and we're out in Lane Stadium, uh, the football stadium, at 5.30 a.m. in 25-degree weathers at the end of the semester, running around campus doing all these challenges, competing. Um, <laughs> and in the middle of it, you're like, oh, shoot, am I going to finish? But you look to your left and your right and your teammates have their hands on their knees, not sure if, you know, they're going to they're gonna get through either. And I think that's what gives you the will to, to encourage each one another. And ultimately, when you're all done and you laugh about it, you laugh about how hard it was later. When you come into the season, you know your brother's got your back. And I think that's the important thing and is that it, it does. It brings you closer together. And so getting back to the environment of college athletics, it led me to ask the question, you know, am I intentionally using this time for his glory? Because it can't be an accident that we have all this time together. Am I actually using this for his glory? Or are we just going to, you know, am I just going to sit around and hope that my teammates see my life um, as an example and eventually come to me and maybe ask a question that maybe sparks a conversation? Um, or am I going to be intentional to pursue them in the way that God pursues us? You know, the Bible says that he does pursue us and he does love us. And not, not only does he pursue us, but God sent his son down to earth so that he could be a living example for us. Are we just going to, you know, thanks God, thanks for sending your son now back to my life? Or are we going to actually use that as an example to pursue our teammates, to pursue our coaches, to pursue those around us? Um, and I think that's kind of what God showed me through all of this. And, and that's where this podcast originated from was how do we as Christian athletes navigate living boldly for Christ while managing this complex world of competition, success, failure? And I think it is so complex that it, that it leads us to have conversations that I want to be to be out there and, and for those that may not have the people to walk with or that you just have questions that maybe these are giving you an answer or give you a, another side to think about. And ultimately, I think it's not what I say or what I do or what 
you know, my teammates that maybe come on here say or do, but it's, it's the way that, you know, God moves in our hearts through this. And that's what, that's what I want for this. So I, you know, who's this podcast for? I think it's anyone with a vested interest in Jesus, whether you've been a Christian all your life or you're just checking them out or you saw the word athlete and you clicked on this to see if it would be of interest at all, you know, whether it be in Jesus, college athletics, or just athletics in general, you know, I think this is for you, whether it's an athlete, a coach, like it doesn't really matter. I think ultimately this is for God's glory. Um, It doesn't really matter what your background is. So where did the name, the Christian athlete paradox come from? I think, you know, it kind of led me to, to, to break that down word by word. So Christian athlete and paradox, you know, paradox is by itself, it's, you know, it's two things that don't seem to go together. And so that needs me to look at what is a Christian and what's an athlete. I think Christian and athlete, when you look at them at the, their core stigma surrounding them, they do seem paradoxical, but I think I don't, I don't believe that they are. And so what do I mean by this? Being a Christian, you know, carries this stigma in the world today, unfortunately, of being a moralist. Oftentimes, I think Christians get a bad representation because we act on a moral code that is the Bible. Um, and, and so the world sees us as just moralists um, and people that, you know, are living essentially to a higher standard, quote unquote, um, and, which we are. But in that process, we're condemning others because of the way they live their life. And I think we as Christians know this to be false, that you know, we are sinners. We're just like the rest of the world. And in an instant, we would admit that if, if we don't already. But I think, I, you know, I love this quote. It says, church isn't a museum for the saints, but a hospital for the sinners. And, and I think that is the essential baseline of what Christianity is, is that we've accepted that we're sinners that, and we are in need of a savior. And so we're not judging the world for it. We, we found this pot of gold and we want the other people to see this pot of gold and have this pot of gold. So I think that's what being a Christian really is. Um, and athletics, on the other hand, and athletes in general, I think just by the nature of what they do, they're elevated in society and that, you know, people enjoy sports. Kids grow up idolizing their favorite pro player and there's just natural competition within it. And we love that. I'm a Christian athlete and, and I love competition. It's what sports are. It's what makes it fun to watch. It's what makes it fun to be a part of. But I think our culture within it has promoted this, this me, me, me mindset. I mean, it's been built into sports that in order to be a good athlete, you have to be self-oriented first. And in order to get to the top, you have to fight and you have to claw. You have to be the loudest in the room. Um, you have to make yourself known. You have to promote yourself because the world sure isn't going to. And so to be a Christian athlete, it seems like something would have to give. You have to either sacrifice your morals to get to where you want to go, or you've got to be soft and quiet and let others go first, showing Jesus love ultimately never letting you get to where you want to go. But I think there's, there's, a, there's a key flaw in that because we know that that's not the case. There are a lot of successful Christian athletes. And so, you know, how did they do it? How are, how are they doing it? Um, and so I think here's the flaw is that a Christian defines what you believe in and how we live. And an athlete just means it's something that you do. It's not who you are at your innermost being. And I think that's the flaw that we we as society have, have believed essentially is that society tells us that to be an athlete, it has to be everything of who you are. And that to be a Christian outside of it is, is like tearing yourself in two. And ultimately that's not what that is to, to be, to define yourself as a Christian athlete. It, it makes perfect sense because you're defining what you believe and something that you do. And these two things together make up who you are. They don't contradict that. And so I think that's where the name came from. And I think that's the, the, the thing that I want to prove is that to, to be a Christian athlete, they complement each other. They're not, they're, they're not tearing yourself in two. So a little bit about me and my testimony. I've got 
obviously a mom and a dad and, and I've got one older brother. He just graduated from Liberty University with a, an aviation degree. Um, honestly, he's a baller. My dad's an, a, a pilot. My brother's going to be a pilot. And honestly, I give them all the credit in the world because they have more confidence to sit behind that cockpit and fly a plane than I ever do. But I think aviation's just kind of running my family. My mom for a while was a flight attendant. My dad and brother are, are in that scope. And I think I definitely love that scope. I just didn't want to fly a plane. I'll own that. I'm a little scared of that. <laughs> but they're rock stars, honestly. Uh, my brother, like I said, graduated from Liberty University, and a uh, Christian university where you know he really found a great source of, of community there. And I think that was awesome for him. My mom and dad actually... Uh, my mom grew up in the church. My dad did not, but neither of them really had a great experience. My mom in the church didn't have a great experience, and so they eventually got married and kind of kind of came to God together. And my mom, um, to her credit, is is one of the most faithful people I've ever met. Like, she depends on God for everything, and that's just it's awesome. It's the way faith is supposed to be. Um, and my dad, on the other hand, is very intellectual. He eventually went and got his master's in theology, just you know, his degree in in basically Bible scripture. And so he, he really knows the Bible. And so to have a mom and a dad who, who represented both of that, one in faith and one in scripture, I, I, I can't imagine a better combo to grow up in. And, and I know everybody doesn't always have that to grow up in. But I think it was awesome. And, and I just really appreciated the work that they did in raising me and my brother. Um, so how did I get to Virginia Tech from Indiana? That's a, it's like a 10-hour, 9-hour drive. And honestly, you know, why, why, would a, why would a Midwest boy want to come out to, the, to Virginia Tech? First off, if you've never been to Virginia Tech or Virginia in general, it is beautiful here. Um, Indiana, though I love, is very flat. Um, and so there's a lot of trails, hiking. Um, it's beautiful here. I love it. Uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made. But, you know, how did I get here? This was definitely not always my plan. My dad graduated from Purdue. Like I said, I'm an engineer. And for those of you that don't know, Purdue is one of the best engineering schools in the country. And, and to me, that was like the, the perfect plan. It was to go play baseball, to go play baseball, be an engineer, a nationally ranked engineering program, go to my dad's alma mater. I'd grown up loving Purdue. And so that was my plan. I was set. Didn't matter if I got a huge scholarship, no scholarship, you know, walk on, whatever was, whatever the plan was, I was going to go to Purdue. And honestly, that plan was working out pretty well for me for most of my high school career and getting recruited. I was a little bit of a late bloomer getting uh, recruited. And for those of you that might be a late bloomer, stay patient. Like, promise you, God's got a plan. Which, you know, can sound cliche, but I promise you it's there. Anyway, Purdue's coach was was interested in me, and, and I had been told an offer was coming. And then not a week later after that, I had been told that he got asked to leave. And so I was, you know, discouraged because I thought that that was my plan. But I was like, all right, you know, maybe the new coach still is interested. I wasn't really a fan of the hire. Um, ultimately, I was going to still play for him. It was where I wanted to go, but he wasn't interested, and, and I had to accept that, and that was really, really tough. You know, my, my summer after my junior year, I had a fantastic summer, uh, probably the best summer of my life, and he, the Purdue coach was at every single game and still didn't want me, and I was just looking at God, and I was like, God, why? Like, what, what more do I need to do? <laughs> and I, looking back, I'm like, you know, obviously, you, you call yourself stupid because because of where I am now um, and, and, you know, how God worked it out. But in the moment, I was like, God, what are you doing? Like, like TikTok, man. <laughs> um, but ultimately, the coach, you know, decided he didn't want me. And so I kind of had to start looking elsewhere. And my coach at the time was just like, you know, he's like, be patient. Like, I promise something's coming, whether it's ACC, Big Ten, it, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, something's coming, I promise. <laughs> 
And after that conversation, I remember vividly this conversation, me and my dad got in the car and looked at each other and looked at each other and said, ACC, yeah, right. And just kind of laughed. <laughs> and in the moment, you know, you know, that, that seemed like such a far-fetched dream until, you know, two weeks later, I got a call from the Virginia Tech coach and he was going to come watch me. You know, a week after that, he came and watched me. And then, you know, a week after that, I had, um, you know, went on a visit. And then two weeks after that, I had an offer and, you know, I accepted it on the spot. And upon, you know, looking more into BT, I, I just am amazed at how much of a God thing it was. I had done my research because I wanted to have a school with mechanical engineering and aerospace engineering because I wasn't sure which one I wanted to do. And upon looking into BT, they were one of like two or three power five schools that had both mechanical and aerospace engineering schools that were both nationally ranked. And I just look at that and I just am amazed at how God worked that out. So when I did get the offer, I accepted on the spot and I was like, you know, my brother's out at Liberty already. Maybe this is, maybe this is, you know, how he has orchestrated this. You know, so fast forward, you know, to the end of my senior year and how all this was coming together. And, you know, it was awesome to see God working. But then, you know, then the enemy comes in and he plays on, on your doubts and your fears. You know, when I had originally limited God and saying, you know, an ACC player, yeah, right. You know, then, then that planted the doubt that Satan then came in and was like, you're not good enough to be an ACC player. You're not, you're not good enough to be there. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I, you know, I just want to make the team. And then when I made the team, then it was, okay, God, you know, just let me travel. Just, just let me get an inning, you know, just, just one batter. And ultimately like this doubt and just paralyzed me, you know, it, it kept me working, but it was so damaging because I wasn't sure that I was even supposed to be there. And I think maybe even at my freshman year, I wasn't supposed to be there, but he, you know, he remained faithful in that. And he gave me a work ethic to, to work and to, you know, to, to be a valuable member of the team, you know, whether it was playing or not playing. And ultimately, he eventually came through. And by the end of it, you know, even now, like, yeah, I do believe I, I'm good enough to be here. Um, you know, not in a cocky way, but God honored that hard work and he's given me the talent and ability and that's all from him. And I trusted him through it. You know, even when it wavered at best, sometimes I trusted him through it. And, and I know this is where I was supposed to be. And so I could live freely because of that, because because he had remained faithful. You know, in all reality, I may not have belonged there, but God gave me this work ethic. And, and I went about my business the right way and tried to honor God as best that I could through it. Um, and as my time has gone on at Virginia Tech, I look back and I laugh, you know, not, not from the stance of pride that, yeah, I did belong here. I was good enough. But just realizing how time and again, God has proved so faithful. You know, I went from just hoping I would make the team to hoping I would travel to now playing and even having a shot at playing professional baseball you know, is that a long shot? Yeah, no doubt. But, you know, I've learned to not limit God and what he can do because whenever I limit him and what he can do, he seems to still blow it out of the water. He's taught me that every day when I come to baseball, my goal is to shine his light to my teammates and to my coaches um, and to ultimately share what he's done for them, that Jesus paid the ultimate price and he loves us. You know, my goal isn't to get drafted. Is that something that I want? Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. That would be, that'd be a dream come true. That'd be really cool. But that ultimately falls secondary to my true purpose on the team. If I work like God calls us to be Christians, to go about my business the right way and to be an example, you know, a friend to the younger guys, an example, and everything else will take care of itself, whether that's turning pro after college, you know, getting a job through the engineering workforce, or being open to other doors that God may open. Like, if we limit God and his ability, then we'll never get to see the full scope of his work. Um, and I think that's something that we can so often do. A quote that's really stuck out with me through college is, is by Tim Tebow, and I heard it at a Passion Conference in 2018. It says, 
the greatest impact that you can have is how you treat others, how you treat yourself, and by how you go to work. You know, I believe that. I believe Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.10 writes it and says it perfectly uh, to how we're to go about doing this as Christian athletes. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So Paul used to not just not be a Christian, but he actually persecuted the church. He was killing Christians for their faith. But when God came to him on the road and essentially struck him blind and was like, why why are you doing this? (laughs) And God showed Paul the plan that he had for him. He knew Paul's tenacious spirit. He saw the way he persecuted the church, but he wanted Paul to channel it for his glory. And ultimately, it didn't make Paul look weak because of it. Um, And Paul would eventually go on to write. He said, "In, in my weakness, his power is made perfect. So yes, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. You know, today, Paul's renounced as largely as one of the wisest Christians that there ever was. He wrote a good portion of the New Testament in letters to the churches that he planted. And I think as talented as we are as athletes, it's only by the grace of God that we are what we are. It wasn't our doing. And, you know, Paul says, yes, I worked for it, no doubt. But I only multiplied what had already been given to me. And only by his grace, we are what we are. And I think we can walk freely in that because the Lord of Lords loves us enough to give us the gift to play the sport we love at any level, honestly. So I think, you know, what's next for this podcast? That's a little bit about me, but what's next? First off, I think it won't always be me talking. I think that could get really boring and really annoying, (laughs) but it won't always be me talking. I think God's put some awesome teammates and coaches um, and just friends that God's put in my path to share how God has worked in them. You know, I've seen some of the coolest testimonies through some of my friends, and I, and I want them to be able to share that because God doesn't call us to hide this light that we've been given. We're called to go and proclaim this light to everyone. And so I think, you know, I want us to have conversations with them about how they dealt with adapting to the athletic scene um, and what God showed them through it, because God teaches all of us in different ways. So some of the topics I think that came to mind initially, I think, you know, I want to talk about dealing with failure from an eternal mindset. We are going to fail. At some point or another, we are going to fail. And our teammates, knowing that we're Christians, are going to look to us to see how we respond. Um, and I think that that's, that's can be really difficult. Is you know How do we fail at something that we've poured hours and hours into, yet still glorifying Christ? And I think that's something that I struggled with for a while. And I think that you know, I want to, to want to share what I learned from that. Next, I want to talk about you know, what's the bigger purpose on our teams and how do we identify how God wants to use us? Um, because if God, you know, if God made us all the same, it, it would be a really boring world. We'd all be acting the same and we'd have two people trying to do the same job. Um, and ultimately, I think it's we have to highlight, you know, what are the spiritual gifts that God's given to us and, and how do we use those to give him the glory um, in whatever way? And then, my, you know, next I want to talk about, you know, how do we have hum- humility in our sports and, and does that make us look weak as Christians? Um, you know, especially to a world that tells us that we have to promote ourselves or no one else will. Um, I think humility is something that is a word that's tossed around a lot in the Christian faith, but, you know, it may not always be defined, um, especially in sports when humility is, you know, few and far between. And and potentially, you know, maybe going on to talk about, you know, navigating the party scene and what the Bible has to say about it. You know, that was something that I really struggled with as well. Um, And and I, you know, had to really search the Bible for, you know, biblical evidence as to, to, to what the Bible had to say about it, because it does talk about it. But also understanding, you know, also had to go and look at, you know, what God was telling me, what, what conviction he was placing on my heart to be a light in the darkness. This essentially is what I felt like God was trying to say. Um, and what does that look like? 
ultimately none of these, you know, none of these topics are, we're going to not going to come at this from how you must deal with it, how you have to do this. Um, but I think our thoughts have gone through this and we had to pray about this in areas of the Bible that, that guided our thinking. And I think, you know, my hope through all of this is that, you know, there's, there's cheap wisdom and there's expensive wisdom. And that, and I want to offer the cheap wisdom because the cheap wisdom to you is something that you didn't have to go through, but someone else went through, endured, and then can tell you about. The, the expensive wisdom is, is stuff that you have to go through and you have to struggle with. And I think God wants us to have both. But I want to be able to share as much cheap wisdom as I can so that maybe it helps you. Maybe it gives you something else to rely on that you're going through. Um, but also my hope for this podcast is, is simply this, that Jesus would be glorified. When I leave college, I want to be, have, be able to say that I've done everything I can to make his name known, you know, on my campus, around the country, and around the globe. Um, and you might say this seems like an unreachable goal, and, and by myself, no doubt it is. But if there's one thing that I feel like God's taught me is that I can't limit God and what he can do only to be obedient to what he's put on my heart. I want to pray for this podcast. I want to, I want to be ultimately aligned with what God wants and his will. And, you know, when he says move, I want to move. And I want to be at the center of his will. Ultimately, we can't limit what God, you know, we can't limit God and what he can do. We can only be obedient to what he's put on, on our hearts. And I think this is on my heart right now. And, and so I'm just walking through it. You know, whether this, this podcast falls flat on its face, um, whether it reaches one people, 10 people, it doesn't really matter. Um, ultimately, this is for his glory. And if you have any comments or ideas for future talks, if you have any suggestions, um, you know, I, I welcome that. I want this to be beneficial in any capacity that it can. You're welcome to email me, rsmets at vt.edu, DM me, uh, prayer requests. And, and I think that God can speak through, through people in many ways. And so that's, that's what I want this to be. So I, I'm going to close the first episode of The Christian Athlete Paradox. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening all the way through. And I'm going to leave you with something, as always, go Hokies. Hey, guys, thanks again so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay tuned for next time. We've got a special guest joining us. And if you guys have any feedback, shoot me an email or a DM. See you guys next time.